Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Well, it is good to have each one of you here in the house of the Lord this morning. Appreciate the goodness of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have those of you that are with us today. We appreciate you coming and being in the house of the Lord with us. The last several weeks, we have, of course, been discussing faith, and this morning we're going to conclude with that series. If you haven't heard the last few messages, you can find them on our website. I encourage you to go and look and and listen. This morning, uh, I would title the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. Uh, Under the umbrella of increasing our faith, I'm going to title this morning's message, Doing Our Part. And if you have your Bible today and would like to share the reading of God's Word, I'm going to ask you to turn over to our text and we're just, we're going to read the first portion or the fifth verse of our text this morning. So we're just going to read Luke chapter 17 and verse number 5. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And of course, we have read further the last couple of Sundays, and we have touched on some other verses that are there, but I'm just going to read that first verse, that fifth verse, increase our faith. So I'm going to stop reading, ask if you bow your heads, and we'll pray together and ask the Lord for his help for his anointing and ministering God's word. Father, we are thankful today for the opportunity that we have here in the house of the Lord to be gathered here in your name. We thank you for these that are with us and we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed and that we have felt. This morning, Heavenly Father, we come to you now with the reading of the Word of God, and I would ask that you would add a blessing to your Word. I pray this morning, Heavenly Father, that you would use me as an instrument to speak truth. Put your Word in my mind, in my mouth, and let it come forth this morning under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let it fall, I pray, upon ears that are touched of God to receive that each one may hear and receive and grow strong in, thy, in their faith and, and grow strong in the Lord this morning. We would ask these things in your precious name. Bless me now to be a blessing. Anoint me now to do what I cannot do on my own. Edify the name of the Lord and glorify the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone in agreement said amen. Amen. So doing our part. Over the course of the last few weeks, we have endeavored to examine not only the meaning of our text, but we have attempted to gain a greater understanding of faith and the faith that we have been given how that we can enlarge our faith. And this morning as we begin, can you take this down just a little bit up here, please? This morning as we begin our last sermon in this series, I want to just briefly recap 
some of the principles that we have looked at over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I just want to hit the bulletin points. We have learned that faith is the economy of God. In other words, faith is what moves the hand of God. Faith is where God operates. God operates on the basis of faith. We have learned, according to the Word of God, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have discussed the fact that we are justified by faith. In other words, we are made just and right, and we have God's approval not because of our works, not because of our good deeds, but because we simply place our faith in Jesus Christ. We have learned that the Bible teaches that the righteous or those who are justified in the sight of the Lord are to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Do not always walk by what you see, but... Beloved, hang on to the truth of God's word. We have learned that the Bible teaches that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, meaning that our faith begins with him and that our faith can only be perfected by him. Hello? I shared with you that faith comes to all of us as a gift from God the moment that we believe and the moment that we repent and the moment that we receive Christ, we are given faith as a gift from God. We have learned that it is important for us to have a strong and vibrant faith because of the law of faith. What is the law of faith? One scripture, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Amen. If you, want, if you want good things happening in your life, so be it unto you according to your faith. That is the law of faith. God says you get to choose according to your faith, be it unto you. We have learned the law of expectation. The law of expectation teaches us that we normally get exactly what we are expecting. If you aren't expecting much, I assure you, you will not be disappointed. Amen. We get what we anticipate from God. I shared with you that we have all been given the measure of faith. We have all been given the same measure of faith. God did not give us, amen, unequal parts of faith. He didn't give to one a large amount of faith and he didn't give to another a small amount of faith. He gave us all the measure of faith. I shared with you after that that, amen, it is up to us to feed our faith and practice our faith and cause our seed of faith to be placed in the right kind of atmosphere so that it can grow. We learn that we must feed our faith and that we must practice our faith in order for it to increase. And then finally, last week we talked about how God often tests our faith. God tests our faith. 
He tests our faith with hardships and trials. I encouraged you last week to stop looking at your trials as if they were a setback, as if they were something to hold you back. Start looking at your trials and the difficulties that come your way. Start looking at them as a launching board because when God gets through trying your faith and testing your faith and you come forth still holding on to the hand of God, you are going to come forth as pure The trial of your faith is more precious, James said, than pure gold. God tests our faith through obedience. God tests our faith through obedience. God tests our faith through our generosity and how we handle material blessings. And finally, I shared with you last week, That God tests our faith sometimes through delays. And now this morning I would like to pick up where we left off. And I would like to turn the attention toward ourselves. Amen. We've been given a gift of faith. That gift of faith needs to grow. We would like for it to be increased according to our faith. So be it unto us. God tests our faith and our faith grows. But what can we do on a personal level? That causes our faith to enlarge. Is there something that I can do. That will cause my faith to grow. I want to give you this morning six things that the Holy Spirit has laid upon my heart for this message. Because I believe with all of my heart that there are some things that we can do. That will cause our faith to grow. Number one. The first thing that we can do to increase our faith is that we must continually feed our faith. We must continually feed our faith. And our faith can only be uh, uh, receive nutrition and our faith can only receive nutritional strength from God's word. So I tell you this morning that we must feed our faith upon the word of God. Our faith can only grow where the will of God is known. I'm going to say that again. Our faith can only grow where the will of God is known. Pastor Gary, how do you know the will of God? I submit to you that the only way that we can truly know the will of God is to read the word of God. God's word is his revelation unto us. When we read the word of God, his word is a source of spiritual nourishment to our soul. God's word is faith food. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 4. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I've always teased my wife with that scripture. that man shall not live by bread, by bread alone. And I always say, that's true. He has to have butter. <laughs> but listen what Jesus was saying. He was using a natural metaphor to say something very spiritually profound to us. He's saying, just like the natural man needs nourishment, 
Your spirit man has got to have some nourishment. And he said, man cannot just live. If you want to have life and have it more abundantly, you cannot just live by bread alone, but you got to feed on the word of God. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When God is speaking to our hearts, whether it is through a message that is being preached, or whether it is through reading of the word of God, or whether it is that still small voice down on the inside of our heart, as the Holy Spirit begins to speak, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how it comes, but when you hear the word of God, something down on the inside, is going to change your altitude in your faith and you're going to rise up and believe God for the impossible. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we hear the word of God, faith comes. The, The King James says, faith cometh. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What Paul is telling us that as long as we are hearing the word of God, As long as we are reading the word of God, as long as we are studying the word of God, as long as we are getting a rhema word from God, faith is going to come. Amen. Faith cometh. And as long as you just stay in the word, faith is going to continue to come. Faith comes by hearing. You want an increase in your faith and you want an increase of God's faith in your spirit, then begin to read the word of God. And when the word of God gets down on the inside of you, it'll change your faith level. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we cease to hear God's word, when we cease to study God's word, then faith ceases to come. Let that settle in. When we, when we cease to read, when we cease to hear, when we cease to study, and we cease to read the word of God, that's where faith stops coming. But as long as we are hearing, as long as we are, amen, studying, as long as we are diving into the word of God and the living word of God is getting down on the inside, faith is going to continue to come. It's like sticking a pitcher under a faucet and turning on the spigot. As long as you let the water run, that pitcher is going to continue to fill up. If you want your faith to grow, get in the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. Study the Word of God. And let the Word of God get down on the inside of you. And when it gets down on the inside of you, it'll elevate your faith. Hmm. It'll elevate your faith. Jesus said these words in John 15 and 7. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. Now this is powerful if we really get it. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. Why does his word have to be abiding in us? And I will tell you why I believe that his word needs to be abiding in us. Amen. Number one, our faith has to stand on something. 
Our faith has to stand on a foundation. And the only thing that can create faith is God's word, God's promises. Amen. That's why the Bible says, because his promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. They never change. His promises are forever settled in heaven. His promises are not going to pass away. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And so in other words, if he said, if my word is abiding in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you because his word is down on the inside of us. Our faith is anchored in nothing more than his word and his promise. And the Bible said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering because he is faithful who promised. So we can have a secure faith in God's word when we are abiding in Christ and his word is abiding down in our heart it elevates our faith our faith remains strong and we can approach God with confidence in prayer we can approach God with an assurance when we go to prayer because we know what God has promised concerning our needs And our faith is anchored in his word. The more that we feed upon the word of God, the sweeter and richer his word becomes to us. The psalmist said in Psalms chapter 34 and verse number 8, he said, Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. And again, the psalmist is using a metaphor. How many ever locked your lips onto something that was just out of this world tasty? Well, the psalmist is saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. Lock your lips around the word of God. Get the word of God on the inside and it'll be sweet to your taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him. Psalms 119 and verse 103, the psalmist said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, they are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah 15 and 16, the prophet said, thy words were found and I did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Amen. Let me just tell you something. You begin to feed upon the word of God and God's word will begin to give you joy and rejoicing in your heart. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, Study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. God is telling us that he desires for us to feed upon the word of God. And when we feed upon his word, we are hiding his word away in our hearts. Can I tell you something this morning? When we hide the word of God away in our heart, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to us in an hour that we have need of it. 
That's Bible, John chapter 14 and verse number 26. Jesus said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, let me just tell you, if the Holy Spirit is going to bring it back to your remembrance, then there has to be a time when you put it in for him to bring it back. Hello? He's not going to be able to bring back something to your remembrance that you have never read. But let me tell you, when you get yourself in a tight situation and you have the word of God down on the inside of your heart and you've got his word tucked away in your spirit and you are studied and you are prayed and you are, amen, uh, have your uh, spirit fed by God's word. When you get in a situation and you need a promise, the Holy Ghost is going to bring back to your remembrance what Jesus said. And you will have faith because of that word. So the first thing I believe this morning that we can do to make our faith grow or to enlarge our faith is that we must feast upon God's word. And when we cease to feast, faith ceases to come. But as long as we are studying and as long as we are hearing and as long as we are looking into the word of God, faith will continue to come into our hearts. You want a continual feeling of faith in your life? Stay in the word of God. Stay in God's word. Second, second thing that we can do that will increase our faith is that our faith, we must exercise our faith. Our faith must have actions. We exercise our faith by our actions. We must have an active faith, meaning that our actions must correspond with what we believe. Faith without actions is an inactive faith. Let me put it another way. Faith without actions is dead. Faith without works is dead. Look at James chapter 2 and verse number 17. James chapter 2 and verse number 17. James says, even so, if it hath not works, if faith, even so faith, if it hath not works... And understand that that word works means actions, deeds. It means that we have a response to what we believe. Even so faith, if it does not have works, actions, it's dead being alone. Verse 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have action." Show me your faith without your actions, he says, and I will show you my faith by my actions. There's a difference. Do you see that? Show me your faith, he says, without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my faith by my actions. He goes on to say, Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works or actions is dead? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without action is dead. 
You can tell me you believe something all day long, but until I see you act like you believe it, that's a whole nother ball game. Faith without actions, without a, co- a corresponding action is dead. James is saying that if we truly want to walk in faith, then faith is going to be, then our faith is going to be evident by our actions. Our faith must never be just a passive, inactive kind of faith. But if we truly believe, then there must be a corresponding action that follows or an action that dictates our response that we believe. Amen. What I'm saying this morning is don't tell me that you believe that God has got your back and come dragging in here on Sunday morning. Amen. Looking like you lost your last friend don't tell me that you believe that God has forgiven you of all of your sin and you keep beating yourself up over something that you did 10 years ago don't tell me that you believe that God is able to meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory and you can't find it in your heart to give in the offering when the plate comes around if you really believe it act like you believe it If you truly believe, then there's going to be a response. There's going to be an action. Pastor Gary, can you give me scriptural precedent for that? I can. I can give you a whole chapter of of biblical precedence for what I just said. It's, It's the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Turn there. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to, I'm going to share a portion of it with you because I want to make my point. Hebrews. Look at verse number four. If we truly have faith, then there's going to be a response. There's going to be an action. And here's proof. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the, the hall of fame of those individuals of faith. Listen to this, verse number four. By faith, Abel, here's the action. By faith, here's the action. He offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse five, by faith. In other words, Enoch had faith in his heart. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony. Here's the action. He had this testimony that he pleased God. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, by faith, here he is, he's, he's been warned of God. And here's the action. He was moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his household. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should hereafter receive for an inheritance, here's the action, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whithersoever he went. By faith. 
Here's the action. He sojourned in a land of promise looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Through faith, the scripture says, uh, amen. Also, Sarah received herself strength to conceive seed and she delivered of a child when she was past age because, here's the action, she judged him faithful who promised. Can you see that in the scripture this morning? Every single verse, there is faith. And then there is a corresponding action. Look at verse number 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, here's the action. He offered up Isaac as a sacrifice. Here's verse 20. By faith, Isaac. Here's the action. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, here's the action. In other words, Jacob knew that he was about to leave this world, but something down on the inside of him said, I believe that God is going to give us the promise that he promised Abraham, my father, and I am going to pass that blessing on. And by faith, he took action and he blessed his sons. You see that this morning. By faith. Joseph, when he died, verse 22, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. What does that scripture mean? If you will remember when God told Abraham that he was going to give him a child, it's in Genesis chapter 15. This is what God said to Abraham. Know this, that your children are going to serve the Egyptians for about 430 years. But after that, I'm going to visit them. And I'm going to bring them out of Egypt's bondage. And I'm going to bring them into this land where you are right now, Abraham. 430 years later, Joseph is about to go the way of the grave. And Joseph said, hey, wait a minute. I remember a promise that was made to my forefathers. And, And when I die, don't you leave my bones here in Egypt. But when I die, you carry me, you carry my bones out of this land and carry me to the land of promise. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. And here's the action. He gave that commandment concerning his bones. Can you see what I'm saying this morning? Every time there is faith in our heart, that faith requires an action. We cannot have an inactive faith. If you tell me you believe God, then act like you believe God. What I'm saying this morning, and we can, you can go all the way on down, all the way down through the, the 11th chapter. By faith, Moses, when he was born, here's the action, was hid of his parents three months. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, here's the action, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction, amen, with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Go all the way on down through the chapter, and you will find that every time there was faith, there was a corresponding action so I'm here to tell you this morning if you have faith in your heart put it into action and you will see your faith begin to grow have you ever heard the old saying that actions speak louder than words 
There was a time or two in the early portion of our ministry that my wife and I, our children were little, and my wife and I, we were, you know, I mean, we were down to the last little bit in the checkbook. Ever been there? And one day, you know, her and I, we, you know, we were sitting around and I said, you know what? I want you to get dressed up tonight. I have got somebody to watch the kids and me and you, baby, are going to go to dinner. She said, we ain't got money to go to dinner. I said, oh yeah, we do. We got enough in the bank to go have some me and you time and we are going to trust God for the rest of it. Now, isn't that a foolish thing to do? It is in the natural. It is in the natural. Go spend the last bit of money you have on dinner out on the town. But what I told her, I said, listen, if God is going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, he knows what we got. He knows what we need. This ain't on me. This is on him. And her and I went to dinner. And you know what God did? God blessed our household. What I'm telling you this morning is if you have faith in your heart, then believe and act like you believe it and act like you uh, amen, believe that God's able to do exceeding and abundant above all you can ask of thee. And when you put your faith into action, God will meet you at that point of action. Mm. Amen. So the second thing that we can do to increase our faith is to demonstrate that faith by acting like we believe it. Number three. The third thing that the Spirit of the Lord laid upon my heart, and the third thing that we can do to increase our faith is free our faith from negativity. Hello? Free our faith from negativity. Negativity spreads like an evil infection. Have you ever been around somebody or stepped into the presence of someone that had an attitude of anger and bitterness and depression and envy and, and jealousy and all kind? I mean, all of those are negative influence. Have you ever got in somebody's presence that was like that? And you know what? If you're not careful, it will rub off on you. Right? flip side of that get into somebody's presence that you know is filled with joy and filled with determination and filled with the presence of the Lord and the spirit of God and it'll rub off on you too but I'm telling you this morning negative influences will bring your faith level down negative people tend to focus on everybody's faults including their own they're quick to point out someone's shortcomings. Negative individuals are negative with their comments and their attitude and their snide remarks and their raised eyebrow. Hello? Negative individuals approach every situation from a pessimistic point of view. Negative people are quick to assume the very worst in any given situation. Free your faith from negativity. Let me just share with you this morning that, that a negative complaining and fault-finding attitude is a sin with God. Can you prove that in the scripture? I, there's a bunch of them, but I'll just give you one. Numbers chapter 11, verse number one. The Bible said, and when the people complained... 
How many of you know the children of Israel were the most complaining, griping, murmuring bunch of folks that you ever laid eyes on? And, and I will tell you what, they were just like we are. Hello? They were flesh just like we are. But listen what happened. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 1. It says, and when the people complained... It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled against them, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them on the uttermost parts of the camp. What God was saying is, I am sick and tired of your negativity. I am sick and tired of your complaining. Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29, he said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. What Paul was saying is don't allow corrupt communication to proceed out of your mouth. If all that you can talk and all that you can utter is something negative, then and shut us up thou. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> then just be quiet. Just be, have you ever been in somebody's presence that all they wanted to do was wallow and whine about everything that was going wrong? It just, it drains your faith. It drains your faith. It drains your faith level. And what I'm saying this morning is that if you want your faith to grow, then eliminate ne negative influences in your life. N negate. Eliminate. Move out of the way. The negative attitudes that you come in contact with. And when you free your faith from negativity, amen, when you free your faith, it will leave you in a place where you can believe God to receive. How do we get rid of negativity? I'll give you one verse, James 4 and 7. This is what the Bible says in James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what I'm saying this morning is if you will submit yourself unto God and resist negativity, it will flee from you. You may run into somebody that's all negative and it'll be just like water off a duck's back. You can say that ain't my circus and that ain't my monkey. Hello? I, I'm not going to allow that to bring me down. <laughs> so number one, we can feed our faith. Things that we can do to encourage and increase our faith. Number one, we can feed our faith. Number two, we, we exercise our faith by our actions. Number three, we free our faith from negativity. Number four, the fourth thing that we can do to increase our faith is to stay in an attitude of worship. Stay in an attitude of worship. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are we not blessed when we come into the house of the Lord and we begin to sing songs and we begin to magnify the Lord and we begin to exalt the Lord? Are we not touched by His Holy Spirit? 
Don't we just sense the presence of God down on the inside? And it just builds us up. Well, let me just tell you, worship is not just for Sunday morning. Worship is not just with the worship team. You don't have to come to church to worship. You can worship every moment of every day, seven days a week, amen, and every month of the year. Worship is an attitude. And I'm telling you this morning, if you have an attitude of worship, it will build your faith. Because just like you sense the presence of the Lord when we begin to worship here, and you know why you sense the presence of God? Because the Bible said that God inhabits the praise of His people. And when you begin to worship, He will join you in that worship. And I can tell you this morning, you don't have to be in the church, amen, to worship the Lord. You can be driving down Highway 16 and just begin to magnify and glorify God and His presence will drop right down in the seat next to you and begin to bless your soul and it'll lift you up then just like it does when you're here. Turn off the television once in a while and just worship the Lord. Invite Him. You know, I will tell you, I, I don't know if I made mention of this at one time before, but here just some time back, I had had a very rough day. Any, anybody ever had a rough day? <laughs> I had had a very rough day. It had been a long day. I came dragging into the house and my wife was in the kitchen and she had some worship music on and she was fluttering about doing this and that and I just, you know, I, the minute I walked in I'm like, oh, I love that song and I just kind of walked over in the dining room area all to myself and I just said, Lord I just need to I just need to cast all of my care upon you because you care for me and I just begin to worship and give God glory and give God praise. And, and pretty soon, I, I mean, I just couldn't help myself. Tears started running down my face. And I could just feel the sweetest presence of the Holy Spirit coming down as I just began to worship and glorify the Lord. My wife walked by, said, ain't that a good song? I'm like, hey, glory to God. Amen. You hear what I'm talking about? Worship, stay in an attitude of worship because when you worship, God will join you in that praise and God will join because he inhabits the praise of his people and God will join you and you cannot come away touched by the presence of the Lord unchanged. When you get in his presence, he will always elevate your spirit. The Bible said in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you when you get in the presence of God and you get in the presence of the Lord he will lift you up. Somebody say well I don't feel like worshiping brother Gary. I've been there. But I'm going to tell you something. Worship is not about how you feel. Let that register. Worship is not about how you feel. 
it, it has to do with your will. If the only time, let me just tell you right up front, if the only time you ever worship is when you feel like worshiping, you are going to cheat yourself out of a blessing. Because worship has nothing to do with the way that we feel. It has everything to do with our will. The psalmist says in Psalms 34 and verse number one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 145, verse one through three, the psalmist said, I will extol thee, O my God, O my King, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee, I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. What I'm saying this morning is stay in an attitude of worship instead of God, getting up in the morning and saying good Lord it's morning get up and say good morning Lord and begin to magnify the Lord and begin to glorify God and watch God's presence come into your heart and lift you up and elevate you and it will elevate your faith because you cannot leave his presence without being changed you cannot leave his presence without being changed. So we feed our faith. We exercise our faith. We free our faith from negativity. Number four, we, we increase our faith through worship. Number five, we can increase our faith by sharing it with others. We can increase our faith by sharing it with others. The Bible says in Chronicles 16, verse number 8 and verse number 9. Let me read it in the King James, and then I'll read it from the Message Bible. First Chronicles 16, 8 and 9 says, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing songs unto him. And talk ye of all his wondrous works. Let me read it from the Message Bible. It says, thank God. Call out his name. Tell the world who he is and what he has done for you. Sing unto him, play songs for him, and broadcast his wonders among your acquaintances. Hmm. Let me just say this morning, when our favorite athlete does something remarkable and over the top, we want to talk about it with our friends. When our favorite team wins the big game, we like to brag about it. Hello? When our favorite team wins the big game, we like to tell everybody. When we get recognized on the job, we don't mind sharing that, that good news with our friends and our family. When our children excel in a, in, a, in a sporting event or they are academically successful, we don't mind hollering, that's my boy, that's my girl. We don't mind boasting about having the latest iPhone, the biggest flat screen TV. Hello? Or we don't mind crowing or blowing our trumpet about how good a gas mileage our new vehicle gets. 
We like to brag about all kinds of things. Our scripture says, boast in the Lord. How much time do we spend bragging about the goodness of our God? How much time do we brag about the goodness of the Lord? The one who woke us up this morning and the one that clothed us in our right mind and the one that gives us the air to breathe and the food that we eat. The scripture makes it clear that we are to give thanks unto the Lord and we are to make known his deeds among the people and that we are to call out his name and that we are to tell the world what he's done for us and broadcast his wonders amen when we share our faith beloved we are not only bragging upon our God but we are bragging upon the God that gives us life the psalmist said magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together I'm telling you this morning when you share your faith and the good things that God has done. How many of you know it takes boldness to share your faith? Huh? It takes boldness to share your faith. Some people will listen kindly and walk away and some people don't even want to hear it. But that don't mean you need to stop sharing it. Share your faith, and when you share your faith, it gives you a bold spirit in the Lord, and it will elevate and raise your faith. Number six, number six, we increase our faith. We increase our faith when we talk to the manufacturer of our faith. Let me just tell you from my heart this morning, there have been some times that I struggled with my faith. There have been some moments in my life and there will come moments in your life that you struggle with your faith and you might as well be honest about it. You might as well just understand that doubts and struggles are going to come. You say, Pastor Gary, you have struggled with your faith. Let me, let me just share with you just real briefly in our ministry, traveling as an evangelist, I have seen God heal all manner of diseases. God has allowed me, and I say that with a, with a very humble heart, God has allowed me to be a part of some powerful things. I have seen individuals healed of heart disease and cancer and meningitis. I watched, I prayed for a woman one night that had a goiter on the side of her neck about the size of a large plum. I watched it literally disappear with my own eyes. In our ministry, God has allowed us to literally see three individuals raised from the dead. Maybe I have shared that with you a time or two. But I, and I don't have time to share all of it now. But I'm telling, and I'm not telling you a big I story. I'm going to tell you right up front. Of my own self, I can do nothing. And I am nothing. No, what I'm saying this morning is that God is something. And God can do anything. But I don't always walk with that kind of faith in my heart. 
I don't always walk with that kind of faith in my heart. You would think that if you had literally seen the dead raised up, you'd, you'd, you got something going on. No, that faith level is not always at that place. There have been moments in my life when I've struggled with issues and I've struggled with doubts and I've struggled with fears. And I'm just telling you, right now, right up front, sometimes you're going to have to be honest with God and talk to the manufacturer of your faith. I'm going to tell you a story from the scripture and then I'm going to close. You'll find it in Mark chapter 9. The Bible said that Jesus saw his disciples with a great crowd around them. And the scribes and the Pharisees were questioning the disciples. Jesus walked up and he said, hey, what are you questioning them about? And they said, this, this man brought his son to them to be delivered of a demonic spirit and they couldn't cast it out. And we just, we're just talking to him. Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I suffer you and how long shall I bring him here to me? They brought the child to Jesus. The father looked at the Lord, and I can just almost see it play out in my mind. The father, the Bible said, brought him and said with tears, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion upon us. If you can do anything with this, if you can help us at all, then have compassion upon us and free him. And the Bible said that Jesus said these words to him. He says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway, the Bible says in verse 24 of Mark chapter 9, and straightway the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but there's a part of me that's struggling. Lord, I believe in you, but there's a part of me that's having a hard time. Hello? Well, I just came to tell somebody this morning that there are going to come some moments in your life when you've been hit with some news and you may struggle. You may have to talk to the manufacturer of your faith and say, Lord, I believe but I'm having a really hard time here. Hmm. But I want you to notice what Jesus does. Amen, that, that Lord, I believe, but you need to help me anyhow. Jesus speaks to that demonic spirit and sets free that young man's son. I'm telling you here this morning that there may come some moments in your life that you're going to have to talk to the manufacturer of your faith and just be up and honest and say, Lord, I believe, but I'm having a really hard time. And God is gracious and God will minister to your need anyhow. Amen, let me give you these six things and then I'm gonna hush. Number one, we can increase our faith by feeding it upon the word of God. We can increase our faith by our actions. We can free or increase our faith by freeing it from negative influences. We can increase our faith through worship. 
We can increase our faith by sharing it with others. And we can increase our faith by discussing our faith with the one who gave us the faith in the first place. Amen. We come to the conclusion of the message this morning. And I will just simply close by saying we have already been given faith. And the good news is that we can increase our faith. Increase is available. But it comes at a cost. It comes at a price. Bow your heads, please. Increase is available. It is available. But, but it comes by testing and trials. It comes by obedience and sacrifice. It comes by us applying the word of God and studying the word of God and freeing ourselves from things that hinder our faith by worship and praise. And it can come to your life and it can come to your spirit. I pray this morning that as we close this service and this sermon series, I pray that you have been challenged and that you have learned something that will bring increase into your heart and into your life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus, I am grateful, Lord, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that I sensed this morning as I preached the word that you've laid upon my heart. I thank you this morning, oh God, that faith is available and an increase of faith is available. And Lord, I pray that you would cause all of us that hear this word to have a stirring in our spirit to say, Lord, whatever it takes in me, increase my faith. Help me to apply the principles that we have learned and that we have discussed. Help me to apply the principles that my faith may grow and that my faith may increase, that I may walk by faith and not by sight. I ask it in Jesus' name, Lord, help those this morning who are hungry and desire an increase in their faith in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here this morning and you would be willing to just slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I appreciate the sermon series. I've learned, I've been blessed. I've learned, I've been blessed. God bless hands. How many of you would slip up that same hand and say, Lord, I've heard what you said about increasing our faith. I know that it sometimes comes in the forms of a trial. It comes in the form of obedience. It comes in the form of being active. It comes in many different forms, but I'm here to tell you right now, Lord, I want you to increase my faith. Would you slip up your hand and say, that's me, Jesus. Yes, that's me, Lord. That's me. Stand to your feet all over the building. Slip your hands right up toward heaven this morning and just begin to magnify the Lord. Begin to talk to the master. 
begin to give the Lord glory. Father, in Jesus' name, you've seen every hand that was lifted. Lord, no matter the cost, whether it's difficulty or trial or obedience or an active faith, or Lord, whatever you may require of us, help our faith to grow. Help us to apply ourselves and cause our faith level to rise from faith to faith. That we may be a vibrant testimony of the grace and power of our God. In Jesus' mighty name, bless everyone that lifted their hands, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, go ahead.